Well, it is that time, everybody. Every Friday, we get in the cage here on 710 ESPN Seattle. It's brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. It's a pleasure to bring to the program a man who does a great job covering the sport of boxing and MMA for ESPN. You know him, you love him. He is the one, the only Mark Ramondi with us. Mark, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I, I'm doing great. I, I want to get your take on on a few things going on out there, but just just your take on the return of MMA. Dana White is a guy who's taken a lot of heat uh, for you know various things, obviously, but you know holding some of these events, some feel like he hasn't taken the proper protocols, and you know he isn't uh, you know as far as dealing with the virus and and things like that. I it, to me, it looks like it's gone off without a hitch, without uh, outside of uh, Jacare Souza, who who tested positive and his corner men, but they found that showed the testing was working. I haven't had a huge issue with with how they've handled it, but what do you, what is your take been on the return of the UFC and just how Dana White and the crew have handled these events? I, I really feel like uh, what they have done on paper, the protocols they put in place, um, you know, between the UFC itself and of course the Nevada State Athletic Commission, which has been overseeing the cars at the UFC Apex since uh, since June started, actually since May 30th. I think that uh, the protocols are great. You know, I think I think everything in there is, um, you know, it's one of those things, Bob, where it's like this is this is a whole this is a whole new situation. I mean, this this is uh, the new normal, and uh, the UFC was one of the first sports to start running. So it's hard to say, and it was very hard to say a month ago whether or not they were doing the right thing, whether whether all of the protocols they had were correct. And it seems like for the most part. And, you know, there have been some holes here and there. And again, this is, this is a whole new deal that everything has gone pretty smoothly. And there have been um, there have been ver- there have been very few COVID-19 positives. Um, you know, I, I, I do see holes here and there where, you know, there are a lot of UFC fighters right now training at the UFC Performance Institute um, kind of in, you know, somewhat of, of groups. And, and, you know, according to the UFC's own protocols, they're not supposed to be doing that. They are doing that. Again, you know, some of the other stuff, also some polls here and there. But for the most part, you know, I would give I would give the UFC, you know, a solid, you know, B plus, A minus as to how they've handled all this stuff. You know, what, one of the things that I've brought up with listeners just about sports in general is is an opportunity to view them in a really unique way that you otherwise wouldn't. And that is hearing things in a different way, whether we're talking about punches and kicks being landed or if we're talking NFL football, the hits that are going on there. You hear conversations in the cage uh, that you otherwise wouldn't hear with a crowd. You're hearing corner men. Um, same for football. Same for bay. I think it's going to be a you know if we're looking for a silver lining to everything that's going on, I, it, it seems like for one year it's kind of a cool way to, to really you know ingest a sport that you love and you were used to watching in a certain fashion. How, how have you taken these events? Because we are hearing the the shots land. We are hearing conversations in the cage between the fighters and just things that are lost when there is an arena full of people. How have you enjoyed it or have you not enjoyed that? It's been, it's been about, I mean, it's over a month. It's about six weeks since the UFC got back on track and started running events again. And, you know, it's at the point, you know, for me that it's almost like this is, this is just what it is now. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel all that different or, or weird. It seems fairly normal and regular and, and not bad in any way, you know, once the fight starts. And I, and I think, you know, the crowd is always going to be a great addition to the environment and the atmosphere of a fight because of the, of the cheers and the booze and, you know, the energy that it brings. But at the end of the day, though, I think most fight fans are watching fights because they want to watch fights. And it doesn't really matter, you know, what the fans 
if there are fans, are saying or doing. And it really doesn't uh, – it hasn't taken a ton away, of, uh, you know, for me as a fan, you know, watching the fights, honestly. And uh, I, I – and, and to your point about, you know, hearing, the, hearing those shots and, and things being in an empty arena, I was uh, one of those cards in Jacksonville. I was talking to uh, Colin Oyama, a longtime MMA coach from California, and he said uh, – he actually he, – he snuck up to the top of the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena after one of his fighters fought and he, and he watched one of the fights from up there in the, in this empty arena, you know, it's a pretty big arena in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, he said it was incredible to hear the, the punches. It was a heavyweight fight that he was watching between Ovin St. Prue and Ben Rothwell. Amazing to hear, you know, the punches and the kicks landing um, at that velocity with the, the noise in an empty arena. He said it was almost like, uh, you know, uh, just incredible because you don't you don't get that perspective. Even someone like him, who's you know been in the corner for so many fights, uh, title fights, you know, he, uh, for years, you know, for for over a decade, and to hear him say that, I thought that was pretty cool because it is a very new uh, experience, and and it could be it could be cool. Yeah, and and again, I I want things to return to normal, but I think if again silver lining, I'm looking at it like, all right, this is kind of you're you're getting exposed to some things that you otherwise wouldn't have access to in a lot of these sports potentially. So uh, that's the bright side for me. Let's let's talk about some specific things going on out there, and I guess I've got to ask you the obligatory Conor McGregor question because he's retired now. I think for the third time. Any reason to take him uh, any more seriously than we have with the other two? What What, what is your take on Conor McGregor and his future? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think he. I think he'll certainly come back. I have a really, really hard time believing that Conor McGregor is going to step away from the sport, which is a single tweet. You know, in the middle in the middle of the night. You know, after after a UFC pay per view card that he wasn't even, uh, you know, performing on. I, I think he'll be back. I think I think McGregor is restless. I think that's really the, the, the situation here. He fought in January, and what was one of the things that he, that he kept saying, even before the Cowboy Cerrone fight, was he wants to stay active. He wants to fight three times this year, and that has not. I mean, that doesn't look like it's going to happen because of everything that's been going on. And then you know the pandemic hit in March, and everyone was confined to their homes. And, uh, you know, Connor sees, you know, Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje, you know, Habib pulls out. I just think the man is restless. I think the man wants to get back in there, and there doesn't seem to be a clear opponent for him right now. And the UFC is pushing to have him wait for the winner of Habib Nurmagomedov and Justin Gaethje, which is a fight that probably is not going to happen until September. So when will Connor Barrera fight again? Uh, it may not be till the end of the year. It may not be till next year. I also know that the UFC, in a perfect world, would love to have Conor McGregor fight in front of fans. So there is that energy. They do get the live gate number, the ticket sale revenue. So I just think it's a situation where he's restless. Maybe right now his his ideas of what he wants to do this year are not aligning with the UFC, and and that's just and this is just how he feels in the moment. But look, I mean, this is Conor McGregor. He. <laughs> He's been very consistent over the years. He loves this business. He loves to fight. He wants to fight as long as he can fight, and I think that will continue. It's just a matter of him getting excited about an opportunity or an opponent or something like that, and that could happen next week. It could happen in two months, a month. We don't know. Yeah, and I, I like you. I fully expect him to be back, and we'll, we'll see exactly uh, who that's against and when that's going to happen. Hey, you, you did a nice piece uh, for ESPN along with uh, Ariel Helwani and Brett Okamoto talking about the, the trilogy between Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic. 
Uh, that one's set for August 15th. Um, Cormier has been pretty dead set. This is it. This Win, lose, or draw, I'm done. My career is over after this fight. Uh, Stipe, a little bit different. What do, what do you think happens? I mean, I, I always feel like it's it's left open based on the results. They can say, yeah, I don't care if I knock him out or he knocks me out or we it's a draw, I'm done. But I, I feel like the way the fight goes dictates a lot of that. What do you, do you hold Daniel to his word? And then I guess part two of that question is, Stipe has been a little quiet. Some people feel like he might retire, and I know you guys talked about this a bit um, in, in the article, but what, what is your expectation for him? Is that dependent upon the result of the fight? I think, I think so. I think it's very, very hard to make that decision before the fight happens. Now, I think there is a chance that both of them could retire after the fight, but I don't think that will happen, honestly. I, don't, I think both of them will actually fight again. And I, I know Cormier has been saying for over a year now that, that he was going to be retiring, and he initially set it, his kind of a career deadline for his 40th birthday, which was last year. It's been over a year since then now, and, he, and, he's, uh, and he's still fighting, and he's going to fight again in August, and he said that the Miocic trilogy fight is going to be his last fight, but I don't know. I, you know, if Cormier, if, if, if Stipe does uh, beat him at UFC 252, you know, in August, I could see Cormier stepping away, but Man, if, if if DC wins that fight, you know, there's that big money fight against Francis Ngannou. I really feel like, you know, him being on commentary for that fight that Ngannou had last month against uh, Jairzinho Rosenstrike, I think I, I almost could see, like, the fire in, in Cormier. You could almost hear it in his voice that he would like that challenge. And it would be a big money fight. And, uh, it, you know, it's it's also one of these situations, Bob, where I think the pandemic kind of, like uh, – Every, everyone kind of had to look within and, and kind of find out. You, you kind of found out, you know, what, what you what you were all about and, and who you were and what you wanted. And a lot of people were, were afraid for their jobs and afraid about money coming in. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if you know if that money's out there for that Francis Ngannou fight. I wouldn't be surprised if if Cormier came back for that. And uh, same thing for Miocic. I mean, he he's you know uh, he's been frustrated with the UFC. He's been frustrated with a lot of things. But you know, it's 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 hard to turn down those big money fights when, when, uh, when they're offered to you. Well, and, and you just brought up frustration with the UFC, which is not new. We've heard this over the years from various fighters, but it feels like it's, it, it, they're collecting a little steam these days with, with you know guys with the profile of John Jones and Jorge Masvidal uh, talking about wanting to be compensated properly. And this has been a long, long time conversation. Do you see anything in, in, in terms of their future that tells you, all right, we're not going to see either of these guys in the cage for a while? I know John has implied, yeah, you strip me of the title. Let, let uh, Dominic Reyes fight for it. Uh, you know, let, let, let there be a winner take all and they can fight for the bell. I'll relinquish it. And Masvidal wants a new deal. What, what do you think happens with these two guys? It's really hard to say. It's really hard to say. I think, um, I think there's a, Certainly, I think both of them will fight again. I mean, I'll, I'll say that I'll say that straight out. I think both of them will fight again. I don't think either one of them is done uh, with the UFC. I think they'll I think they'll fight again. It's just a matter of you know their interests and the UFC's interests aligning. And and right now it's it's kind of a weird time. Uh, the pandemic. There, you know, the the economy is not great here. The UFC is not going to lose money this year. They're not. I mean, they they're going to they're not going to make as much money as they thought because they won't have a live gate. Maybe who knows? Maybe for the rest of the year. No, no one really knows for sure. But certainly, they're not going to have a live gate for a while, and that's millions of dollars they're going to be out. Um, t- probably tens, tens of millions are going to be out this year. 
but they're not going to lose money. You know, they're not they're not suffering. They still have the big they have the big broadcast contract with ESPN. So the the question is is uh, you know at what point do does the UFC really need a Jorge Masvidal and a John Jones to come back? I mean, they're look. I mean, look at the next few months. They're already set up. They already have three title fights at UFC 251 in July. They have the big heavyweight title trilogy that we just talked about between DC and uh, Miocic in August. They have likely Habib against Pori, uh, uh, Habib against uh, Justin Gaethje in September. And then, uh, you know, the, the cycle kind of turns around again, and some of the guys who have just fought or, or are going to be fighting uh, coming up will probably turn around and, and, and fight again beginning in October, November. Um, so when, when does the UFC need that big main event with the John Jones? When do they need that big main event with the Jorge Masvidal? They don't need it right now. So when, when the time comes where they have that opening pay-per-view main event, you know, they need, they need a John Jones, that's when they'll probably come back to the table with those guys and, and try to sort it out. And, and I expect, you know, eventually, you know, th- things to kind of, uh, uh, come to a head and cooler heads to prevail and, uh, and things to get worked out. But, you know, for the time being, there, there is definitely frustration between, you know, some of the fighters and, you know, Masvidal wanted that Usman fight. He was training for it and they just didn't offer him as much money as he wanted. And, and that's kind of, that's kind of how it went. Hey, last one before I let you go. And we're speaking with Mark Ramondi of ESPN here on 710 ESPN Seattle, a boxing question for you, because we saw the news that uh, Tyson Fury mm-hmm. and Anthony, Anthony Joshua have reached a deal for two fights. Uh, they say will take place in 2021, but they both have work in front of them with other opponents. And, and yes. obviously Tyson Fury has a trilogy fight with Deontay Wilder, but it, it I'm I'm trying to figure out if this is actually going to happen and happen in the time frame they're thinking because a Wilder's a guy dealing with a a bicep injury that he had repaired. I'm I'm not sure when they expect that fight to happen and they're certainly counting on him losing that fight. Fury's camp is. And then we've yeah. seen Joshua go up against a guy everybody thought he was just going to run through in Ruiz. He gets knocked out, then he comes back and and wins a decision over a guy that everybody thought he should run through. So not a given for either of these two guys. What, what does this agreement mean? And, and I, I don't think it's official yet, but what, what, what do you think of uh, looking ahead to two fights between these two guys when they've got work in front of them? And we've seen that, you know, in Joshua's case, he can be susceptible. And in Fury's case, it's, it's not an easy, no easy payday for him, obviously with Deontay Wilder. Yeah. None of, none of this is a given. And if, if that, two-fight deal is actually official, and I don't think it's fine, like you said, for 2021. I mean, the, the one that we have to circle is, is the, 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 the Fury-Wilder trilogy fight, and it looks like they're trying to do that toward the end of this year, perhaps uh, December. Um, but, you know, does that happen? What does the world look like in December? There's so many things, uh, so many variables that go into play. Like you said, there was the, there's the injury, and then, and then let's say it does happen, who wins that fight? What happens if Wilder wins that fight? Then you have Fury going into the fight, and he's not the lineal heavyweight champion against, uh, against Joshua. So that isn't as nearly as big of a fight as they thought it would be. I just think it's too far out right now. I think there's, there's too many things. The one thing I will say is that I do appreciate the willingness of the Eddie Hearns of the world and you know Tyson Fury's team and, and Joshua's team to – come to that agreement because at the end of the day, what do the fans want? They want the best fighters to fight each other. And that's been one of the issues with boxing for some time. And now you have these three great heavyweights. And if it does happen like the way they hope, and again, we don't know, 
But if it does happen, we will get the two best heavyweights, and we have gotten the best two heavyweights in the world to fight each other. And, and I mean, it, it seems to be – it could it could very well be a positive, but everything right now is kind of a roll of the dice. Great stuff. Mark Raimondi has been our guest here. Really appreciate your time. You can follow Mark on Twitter, at Mark with a C, by the way, underscore Raimondi, R-A-I-M-O-N-D-I. Follow him on Twitter. Does a great job covering MMA and boxing for ESPN. Mark, always fun to talk to you, man. Thanks so much for cutting out time for us. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the fights, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks a lot. Take care.